So you listened to the last one? <laughs> yeah. So hardwired, I actually thought my audio sounded better. It's just that I couldn't form a complete sentence. Hello, it's Tuesday, May 17th, 2016, and it is episode 14 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. This is a bonus episode, if you will. Uh, you're probably not expecting an episode from us until Sunday, but since we're going to be in Atlantic City this weekend when we'd normally record, we figured we'd go ahead and give you uh, an episode midweek and then, you know, maybe come back next week with a trip report. So, uh my name is Craig Stone. With me on the other end of the line is Kyle Askin. So I have two things to say. First, howdy. And secondly, uh, you should be expecting this if you listen to episode 13 of Do For A Win, which you should have done, because it was at least strongly hinted towards the end of the ed- that episode that this is what we were going to do. Well, I think with my rambling last episode, people probably gave up on it before we got to that point. So uh, tuned out at about the half hour mark. Yeah, they're just like this. There's nothing's good coming of this. Let's just well, hope, hopefully, ho- we're you know pretty close to the end at a half hour end at this time. So let's get going. Okay. Uh, so let's start with the news um, of some openings. So Guy's Barbecue Joint is open now at Bally's. That opened on Friday, May thirteenth. So just a few days ago. Uh, we talked about this when it was announced. I think we both shared a level of ambivalence about it. Uh, so we'll probably see it when we're in Atlantic City this weekend, But um, because I'm sure we're going to end up at Bally's, but I don't expect we will be partaking in the guy's barbecue experience uh, unless you feel differently. No, I mean, I'm sure we won't, but I do have to say, I believe it was mentioned on an earlier episode that when me and some of the friends that are going up with us on... Uh this weekend went to the guy's roadhouse, I believe in Baltimore. And it was pretty surprisingly mediocre. It was not as terrible as you would have expected. You did say that before. So, yes. um, so set your expectations accordingly. If you go in thinking mediocre and you know, sometimes you're just starving or you've, you know, had a few too many and you need some, you just really need some barbecue sauce. You just need some barbecue sauce on some meat. Uh, it'll probably fill that need. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, I won't say for sure that I'll never go. How's that for a commitment? It's it's pretty high praise. Yeah, for for Guy. I think that's as good as he should should hope for. So the other thing um, that we definitely will not be going to (laughs) is Kiss Kiss A Go-Go, the Ivan Kane club that's opening at the Tropicana, has announced an opening date of June 16th. And so they've been tweeting the construction... Uh, you know, a bunch of metal railings that are going to house the lighting and they've put up a bunch of artwork and they've been posting videos of the art, um, art using the term loosely, videos of of the lips that are going to be playing on loop in videos at Kiss Kiss A Go Go. And uh, it's not subtle. I think I <laughs> mentioned that before. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty obvious what they're going for and it's, you know, not necessarily graphic. You know, it's like a woman not like licking a lollipop, but like rubbing it all over her lips and stuff. And it's like, come on, now. this is a little too too obvious. Um, so you're saying that you're not going to go, but uh, I mean, 
you know, I've I've seen our our Twitter feed, and it seems like there's a lot of stuff and pictures of the lips of Kiss Kiss a Go Go. So, my speculation is that you secretly are super excited and will be there on opening night. Well, you know, Ivan Kane says it's going to be like Bangkok, and yeah. if I am just nothing if not an enthusiast of the Bangkok experience. Yes. That's total sarcasm. The, the Thai enthusiast. Yes, I know nothing about Bangkok. <laughs> so that's that's the openings. Um, we'll get to the other big opening, which is Revel, in a few minutes. Um, you know, if you believe that that's going to be an opening <laughs> soon. So room renovations. Uh, just a few hours ago, Daryl McEwen, uh, who we've talked about, is Mr. AC Casino on AtlanticCityWeekly.com. He's the Seven Stars Insider. His site is Seven Stars Insider with seven spelled out. He talked about the room renovations that have happened in the past year or so. And so I'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, you can find it if you go to AtlanticCityWeekly.com uh, and just look for the the Mr. AC Casino um section under columns. And I won't get too much into the details. You can go read it. But uh, the big thing is that the Caesars Temple Tower, which is what overlooks the lobby, uh, which is the smallest rooms in in the hotel. It's the smallest tower. It used to be a a Howard Johnson. Uh, They've renovated it. It's now called the Forum Tower. Uh, And if you know anything about Caesars Las Vegas, you know that they're very fond of changing the names of the towers as they renovate. Um, so that's now the Forum Tower. So if you're seeing that in your in your Total Rewards grid when you go in and look at a comp room and you're like, what's this Forum Tower thing? That is the Temple Tower. And i got to say the renderings look pretty good. It's very gray and yellow. It looks much, much, much nicer than it used to. Um, I mean, you can't really do anything about the small rooms or the fact that they're overlooking the, the lobby. Uh, but, you know, interesting. Good to see that they're renovated. So, so that's... That, to me, was sort of the big news uh, there. And I did have the option to book that comp this Friday, but decided um, not to, which we'll talk about later. The other news, Bally's, as we've talked about, has renovated several floors with what they're calling Jubilee Rooms in the Bally's Tower. Tropicana renovated 500 rooms in the Havana Tower. Uh, Borgata has renovated some of their suites. Um, Resorts is actually renovating several floors in the Ocean Tower that they hope to have open by Memorial Day weekend. Uh, So you can read all that information at AtlanticCityWeekly.com or looking for the link in our show notes. But just good to see renovations, good to see room renovations. And, I mean, to me, more than anything, kind of good to see some detail on the rooms um, being reported because one of my frustrations is... Uh, when you book a Vegas room, there's so much information about what each room has as far as amenities, what it looks like, how it's laid out, how, you know, what kind of couch is it, what kind of bed is it, is it comfortable, is, you know, is it new, when was the last time it was renovated? And in Atlantic City, there's really just not that much information on that. And so every time a renovation happens, you sort of get more information about it. And so it's just good for sort of the general knowledge of, of the Atlantic City visitor. Uh, any thoughts on, on room renovations beyond just like, hey, cool, new rooms? So I just think it's good to see that these casinos are making capital expenditures into the hotel and spending money on renovating. I think it shows a certain level of optimism about the market that they're doing this. I mean, presumably if they thought it was going downhill, they wouldn't be investing money 
that they don't have to invest into the casinos. If anybody stays in any of those rooms and wants to post about it uh, in our Facebook group, that would be awesome, or, or in a comment um, to the post of this show, of this episode. Uh, that would be really awesome just because, you know, it would be great to hear specifics, what you like about the room, what you didn't, um, you know, what's there, just any detail because, like I said, the, the detail is kind of hard to come by sometimes for Atlantic City rooms. Yep. Uh, so Revel, which I think we talked a lot about last episode and, and they have a lot going on again this episode. Uh, so just in the last you know week and a half now, there's been a lot of talk, and Glenn Straub has said he wants to open by June 15th. He's sticking with that, even though we're now less than 30 days away from that. And there was an article in the Press of Atlantic City by Michelle Brunetti Post and Nick Huba that I really recommend you go read that kind of details not just what Straub says is going to happen, but he actually, they actually go out and talk to experts in the field, marketing people, people who, who have dealt with um, managing hotels so they know sort of the ins and outs of reservations, people who have dealt with managing casinos so they know how long it takes to hire people, and kind of broke down how likely it is that each of these aspects can actually be uh, completed and, and ready for showtime on June 15th. And so I think the conclusion is kind of that it's probably not all that likely, although some of the people, some of the experts were pretty optimistic, but um, certainly not all. Uh, and so what, what Straub says is he hopes to have 40% of the hotel open. Um, the thing about that is that he has no reservation system right now. So there's, you know, you can't go, I mean, he doesn't have a name for the place, so there's no website, there's no, there's no phone line to call to say, I want to book a room. Um, he said that he, they would accept walk-ups if the online setup isn't ready yet, which, um, I mean, how, what percentage of, of visitors to, say, Bally's or Caesars or Borgata, I mean, Borgata is probably the most relevant, right, to Revel, uh, are walk-ups. I can't imagine it is more than five, uh, just to, you know, sort of pull a number out of thin air. So... Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say it might be slightly more than five, but A, you have to be a pretty big gambler to just be able to walk up and then hopefully get a room, uh, especially on like a weekend night. But uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a sensible business plan. Yeah, so actually, you make a good point, which is that, you know, the economics of casinos is so different. And certainly I've seen with shows where you look at tickets uh, for a Vegas or, or Atlantic City show a couple of days ahead of time and it looks like the, the place is going to be half empty and then you go to the show and it's totally full. And so right. that's the economics of comps and, you know, somebody's gambling and you give them something, but right. You know, or, or, you know, like, let's say we're playing there or whatever, like, you know, it's not going to happen, but it could happen where if like we're planning on staying two nights or something and then like we end up wanting to stay a third night and we ask and they give it to us or, not give it to us or whatever. I mean, I, I think it happens probably more than 5% of the time, but it's, I would say it's certainly not more than, I'd say it's between 10 and 20. Right. And so for that to work, you need a casino, <laughs> right? If, if you're going to have people staying there because they're gambling, you need to have a casino open. Um, and so the problem with that is 
they have not named a casino operator. They're still saying it's down to two um, options. They haven't said who those two options are. Uh, Straub said basically they probably won't be able to get table games up and running, uh, just just slot machines for June 15th. Uh, Straub claims that they can get it done in just a few days. Like from naming an operator to being up and running, he thinks it can be done really fast because he would pick somebody who's already licensed. All right, so it sounds like he's going to get, I think it said, he's going to get an operator that already operates in Atlantic City, which sort of narrows it down a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think that's what, what the article said. I read it, uh, you know, earlier in the week. But, uh, but I mean, just looking at this and knowing that he put in Polo North as an operator as well, I think probably at some point he wants to end up taking this over himself. But who knows? Yeah, that does make sense. You know, like, let's say even if they were 100%, like, we're going to license it out, it's still not a bad idea for them to have a license, I wouldn't think, in case that, you know, broke down at some point. You know, it would give the company that they've licensed with probably too much leverage that if they walked, the casino would close. Yeah, and if anything, we have seen that Revel especially needs to have as many backup plans as possible. <laughs> I mean, and, talk and about seen, the... Glenn Straub is a pretty shrewd negotiator, and he doesn't sort of back himself in the corners very often. Yeah, I'm not. I, I would say that the operator, the casino operator, is probably not the holdup. But one thing that is the holdup that they mentioned is they would need to hire a ton of people, right? Uh, and people who are ready to come in and be pit bosses and dealers and whatever else management you need for, you know, money counting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that probably all have to have some sort of background check in New Jersey. Uh, and so a big issue that is happening in Atlantic City is that with all the casino closures, the sort of uh, talent pool, if you will, the, the the employee base that has those skills has moved elsewhere uh, because the jobs have kind of dried up. You know, so many casinos closed uh, in 2014 that – it's it's tough to find, you know, 500 or 1,000 people to do that work on, on, you know, what's now less than a month's notice. So that they're saying, it seems like people are saying is, is almost impossible. Uh, you know, I've listened to a couple episodes of um, You Can Bet on That that talk about dealers and how they're employed. And one of they had an episode of, with a dealer on, and she said that, you know, dealers move around. When when jobs open up, a dealer will say, "Okay, you know, I know there's going to be a bunch of jobs there. I'm going to move." So just to expand on that a little bit, we were um, I went to the Horseshoe a month or two ago, which I, I think I mentioned on the podcast, and we were playing uh, blackjack downstairs for a while. Me and just a couple other random people, and we were talking to the dealer. And, uh, like the guys we were playing, I was playing with were seemed pretty knowledgeable about the game and about casinos. Like they seemed kind of into it in the same way that me and Craig are into it. And so we were having like a pretty interesting conversation with the dealer. And he mentioned that whenever these new casinos open up, I think like technically they're not supposed to try to come in and recruit, uh, dealers like during business hours like i think that's a no-no but he said that it, it happens all the time anyway like he expects that over the next couple months he'll get people will come in and like sit there and play and chat with him for a while and then you know occasionally dealers will just 
you know, the guy, when he gets up, gives him his card and says, all right, let me know if you want to work at DMGM. Because uh, we were talking about it because the MGM was, was opening huh. up in six months or whatever. Yeah, so that's really interesting. And, and in a way, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, in a typical job, like in my job, it's not like someone who wants to hire me can come sit and look over my shoulder. Right. They can't <laughs> actually watch you work for an hour. Whereas in a casino job or, or many uh, hospitality jobs, the, you can. Yeah, so that, that's interesting. That's a, that's a good, uh, really good point. Um, so another thing that would need to happen you'd you'd assume by june 15th is is restaurants you know you'd assume that a a casino hotel is not going to open without any restaurants there and the rw restaurant group uh there was a manager from from that company that was interviewed in the article it's a it's a really well-reported article you should go check it out but uh they did that restaurant group um said that they're interested in reopening the muscle bar which they ran at revel uh, he said there are other original tenants who are also interested, uh, didn't name names. But he said we would have to start today. And that was, I think, um, just a couple of days ago. <laughs> he said we'd have to start today. You know, I don't I don't really see how you can get a full complement of restaurants open in whatever we're down to now, four weeks, less than four weeks. And so that, to me, I can't really see happening. Um just talking about this, it seems like it's going to be haphazard at best over the next 30 days if they're going to try to open on time. And I think that there is a certain amount of desire from sort of the executive types to say, let's just get this done. We don't need to have table games. You know, slot machines are basically free to run. You know, it, it will just be a profit center while we get everything else up and running, which this basic thing, I mean, like having this soft opening with no fanfare without all your offerings being available happened the first time Rebel opened up and, and it was a disaster. And I think it's just easy to be like, eh, we'll just make money for a while while we're slowly ramping up. But I think it, it does do kind of harm to the brand of which doesn't even exist now because it doesn't have a name yet, but it'll do harm to the brand of whatever casino opens up there. Yeah, I think that totally nails it. And and one of the things the article says is that there's no marketing team in place. There's no reservation phone lines open. Uh, there's no, I mean, like you said, there's no brand for it. And and I think you and I have both said off, off the podcast that one of the big issues with Revel is that they missed such a big marketing opportunity at the initial open because, you know, in Vegas, when a casino opens, like if Steve Wynn opens a casino, people want to be there and people schedule their vacations around being there for the opening. And it's a big deal and there are events and a lot happens. And yeah, there's a soft opening before that, but the date that you can start booking a room as, you know, the general public is a big deal. And so to say, like, oh, we're just going to sort of ease into this, and on June 15th, we're going to have some of the hotel rooms open, and then maybe a couple restaurants, and then gradually more restaurants will open, and the table games will happen, and the ropes course will happen. Like, that sets you up for a situation where you never get the launch event. You lose that momentum because people say, like, well, actually, you know, it's been open for a month, and I've already heard all the reviews. You know, I've been on Yelp and seen what people are saying about the place already, so... I just really think it's it's setting up for for issues if they're really going to push this. 
Right. I mean, my concern is not necessarily about the lack of a grand opening per se. It's more about just the idea that if it's, you know, the product is unfinished and it's not polished and, you know, all the small things haven't come together yet that make like this really coherent final vision of whatever, you know, his facilities manager or whatever wants there. I mean, it's going to be a bad experience for people and it's going to make them less apt to go back. One of the things that that Revels that Revel that Glenn Straub has been adamant about is that the ropes courses are going to be ready to go. Uh, so he said that uh, basically the ropes courses are going to be there, should already be there, I guess, and that they don't take that long to put up. He thinks they can definitely get done by June 15th. So Straub is now saying that by the end of the year, there will be a much higher ropes course inside Revel. So um, this would sort of wind its way around the escalators in that entrance, which is what we hinted at and what uh, Ruben Kramer tweeted at us that we talked about last episode. And so Straub says there will be zip lines all around. You'll walk out and look down 144 feet, which I guess is the height of, of that huge open sort of atrium area. And so it does seem like he's planning to do both indoors and outdoors. Uh, we talked, I think we talked enough about that last episode about sort of, you know, is outdoors going to be for the summer and indoor in the winter and all that stuff. But it does seem like the plan is for a very big uh, ropes sort of attraction where there's indoors and outdoors and, and a very big thing in that escalator area. I know that makes you excited. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm less excited about it given the surrounding circumstances about no restaurants and <laughs> and all that other stuff. But uh, so one thing I have to recommend is to go to our Facebook group. And if you have not requested access to the Facebook group to to do that, um, so go to facebook.com slash groups slash do for a win. And there you'll see some pictures that uh, listener Ed posted of Revel. So he was there, I think, just last weekend and walked around the premises and took some pictures of construction that's happening. He managed to get into the old day club, and that was kind of um, creepy and, and desolate looking. <laughs> uh, just a big empty pool. and uh, So very interesting to see, kind of, a, kind of an inside look and, and to see what the latest of the progress is. So definitely go check that out. And really thank you to Ed for for taking the time to post that on the Facebook group. It was like what? It was just before the uh, Press of Atlantic City article got posted, I think. So if you were on the Facebook group, you got the scoop. You You got the inside scoop. You knew that it was looking like a stretch to open on June 15th. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, So one thing that I think you and I are very excited about, perhaps more excited than the Revel, given the news that we're seeing about Revel, is, to me, totally unexpected, which is that now Wednesday, which tomorrow as of the recording and by the time this episode is out may have already been discussed, uh, the city council is going to consider a trial run of um, relaxed open container laws on the boardwalk. Basically, you would be able to take your beer or cocktail in a plastic cup, uh, as long as you bought it from a, a property, whether that's, I guess, a casino or a bar adjacent to the boardwalk, and it's in a cup that has that 
whatever bar or casino's logo on it. You can walk around with it on the boardwalk uh, totally free and uh, openly. So the city council is going to discuss this on Wednesday. It would be a trial period over the summer. Like I said, there are going to be some restrictions on where it has to be purchased, although I'm not sure how they prove that as long as you have the cup. Uh, it'll only be permitted on the boardwalk between Albany, which is a couple blocks uh south or west, depending on the direction that you consider, of Atlantic Club and Metropolitan Avenue, which is just to the north of Revel. So basically, you know, any part of the boardwalk that you'd normally be on (laughs) uh, is going to be available for this. And, I mean, to me, my first thought is, you know, okay, so I go and I get a cup from one of those restaurants, I buy one drink, and then I'm I'm golden, right? Like, I can carry that thing around and and fill it up with, with... whatever I want to, go back to my room and fill it up with a beer and walk around with that thing, and, and I'm good to go. Uh, because, you know, I'm going to guess they're not going to ask you for a receipt every time you're walking around. But uh, I think I think it's interesting. Um, I really want to take credit. <laughs> you know, obviously that's totally ridiculous because I don't think we have that kind of uh, penetration in the market, if you will, to use the sort of publication so- term. Um so I don't know if this is something that's been talked about for a long time. I hadn't really heard much about it other than just our sort of wistful, wishful thinking. Uh, and it, now it seems like it might happen, and we may know soon. Uh, so what do you think? What's is you know? Obviously, you want this to happen, but sort of what's in it for the city? Where I mean, do you see this going? Is it going to be a success? I, I mean, I have no idea if it's going to be a success or not. Obviously, it's something I push for, so I hope it is, but... Uh, yeah, it's super exciting. So I think I mentioned when I was talking about this two or three episodes ago, I mean, I, I even said, you know, directly, I'm like, it's completely fine if they do what you do. I don't know if you've been to New Orleans or not, but this is exactly what they do. You're not, you get your beer poured into a cup when you leave any establishment and that's what you have to use. And it sounds like they're going to do something very similar. So, um, and in terms of what's the benefit for the city, I mean, more, tourism, more people coming in, more people spending money, you know, opening up, you know, bars on the boardwalk, trying to make it so that all of the economic activity isn't concentrated in eight locations in the city right now. Uh, so I think there's a lot of good for the city. And for one thing, you know, if you're talking about something that's going to attract people to Atlantic City, having a situation where you can basically, like, drink your way down the boardwalk as... Uh, as sort of trashy as that image might be to some people, like to high rollers, uh, it's way, way more enticing to a lot of people than looking at t- like three for $10 t-shirt shops or just closed storefronts. Uh, so, I mean, high rollers aren't walking up and down the boardwalk anyway. They're all at the Borgata. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's... I mean that that argument doesn't really hold hold weight because you could say the exact same thing about Vegas. Like, ah, high rollers don't like it because it's trashy because people are drinking on the strip, but they don't care because yeah, they're just at their location and you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's a concern. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think you could argue that it detracts from the family element. So I could see something. Sure. I c- yeah, and it does. It it absolutely does. Like there there are definite downsides to doing this. Like undoubtedly. Uh, it it does detract from the family element. 
Uh, it does probably require a bit more law enforcement presence on the boardwalk, I would say. I mean, so it's not all upside. You know, I don't know that they're really attracting the family market anyway. So I think this is going in totally different direction. And they've talked so much about, oh, water parks, we need to sort of be this family attraction. We need to have a nice beach and all that stuff. And that's when we're really going to make money. And so this seems like a big departure from that. But I could totally see them coming to some sort of version of this where it's not just 24-7, you can drink on the boardwalk, where, you know, they say after whatever it is, 8 p.m. Yeah, 8 p.m., yeah. That you, can, that you can do this because, you know, at that point, the families who are there who are going to the beach, like, they're gone. You know, once it's dark, it's you're not really seeing a bunch of families walking around. So I think that probably would be a good compromise. I hope that the trial period is a success and it continues because, to me, I mean – that's part of the experience of Vegas is being able to just say, hey, I want to walk from one place to another and I'm going to keep my, my, my beer, my, my drink from, from one casino to the next and I'm just going to walk around. Or even just saying, you know what, I'm just going to walk from Win to Excalibur and soak it all in and I'm going to stop a couple times along the way to get a beer. I mean, that sounds fun to me in Atlantic City and I mean it sounds fun because I've done it in Vegas and and really enjoyed it so hopefully they can kind of do that so let's talk about what we're really here to talk about <laughs> it hasn't been as quick to get here as we had hoped I think but that's no. all right <laughs> eh, it's fine it's fine so we are now booked for our rooms for this weekend so we are going well I shouldn't say we're going Friday because you're actually going Thursday yep um so we're going this weekend. So we've got a group of five guys, two rooms in resorts. So four of us are going to be staying in resorts. Although, as I realized before the show, I didn't ask for a room with two beds. <laughs> so you should probably call and do that. Uh, well, you could just get comfortable in there and, with whoever you're staying with. Yeah, king beds are big. It's fine. Yeah, it's, I'm not staying in that room, so. <laughs> you don't care. It's fine with me. And then you're staying all the way at the other end of the boardwalk in the Tropicana. Right. So... Do you want to talk about the process and how you ended up at, at Tropicana? Sure. So here are the constraints that we had on, on what we were doing. Uh, so basically, our friends, one of their requests were they wanted as many of us as possible to stay in the same place. And there were two places that uh, Craig and I both could get a room Friday night. And they were a Caesars property, either Caesars or Bally's, or uh, resorts. And I think the reason we went with resorts was a couple of reasons. Uh, so first, we haven't stayed there yet at all, so it's kind of for the novelty of it. And secondly, uh, now that I'm now no longer a Diamond member and I have to pay resort fees, uh, the resort fees are much cheaper at resorts. It's what sixteen dollars instead of twenty. 28 or whatever. Yeah, so it's 1640 at resorts for your comped room and it's 2780 at any of the total rewards properties. Mm -hmm. Um and it's funny because to me, like we've joked about how the difference between 0 and and $50 for a room feels infinite and the zero difference between 50 and 100 feels like nothing. Um to me that sort of that under $20 threshold for a comped room like if I book a comped room and it's twelve bucks, right? Like that's what it—that's the fee at Tropicana. It's like that, yeah, twelve bucks. Who cares? When I book a room at 
a total rewards property and I have to pay twenty seven eighty. Like yes, it's meaningless. It's it's one bet at a lot of tables. It's just annoying. It's annoying that I have comp and then I still have to pay. You know, I I come because it's free. Like you're giving me this thing to entice me, and then you're just like, oh, actually, it's it's a significant amount. And you know, you you can argue over whether or not that's actually significant, but there's something about I guess just the principle. And obviously, you know, sixteen. 40 versus 2780 is 11 bucks but in my mind i'm annoyed i'm, much, <laughs> I'm more annoyed i'm more than 11 dollars worth of annoyed has right. that for well I, I think the big reason for me is is just we're we're going to see resorts i mean I, I have to say i wasn't blown away by the pictures of the inside of the room but i'm not staying in it so i'll i'll take a look at it when when everyone gets checked in and we'll see i mean i, I think if i believe that caesars and valleys are nicer that's it's the extra ten dollars for me is not going to be a big deal. Oh yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, if I go to resorts and I just don't really like the room, I'll gladly pay the ten extra dollars to stay at Caesars. Um, so one thing, I mean, one thing that did actually factor into my decision, and and you can argue over whether this is dumb or not, is the check-in process. Which I have no idea how the check-in process is at resorts, but at Bally's it seems like any Friday or Saturday afternoon that I'm there the line at check-in is just insane. And that's just wasted time, right? Like just standing there waiting in in the check-in line since, you know, you don't, as you and I don't have diamond status. Uh, that's, it's frustrating. You know, it's like, why am I standing here when I, when I could be gambling? They should be ushering yeah. us through as soon as possible. The only time I've ever actually stayed, at, I've only stayed once at Bally's in my life, and that was when we stayed in the, in the Claridge Tower, which we've talked about before, and it was a disaster, but I was Diamond then, so I've never actually had to stand in that line. So the booking process at resorts was not without its issues. Uh, so we both, we talked about this last episode, we both had comped offers for Friday. You actually had Friday and Saturday. And, yep. and I said last episode that I called to ask about a book about a room for Friday night and they told me that, that that night's not available. And I called back and asked for clarification. Basically they said, you know, there's a certain number of rooms allotted for comps and, and, and those are all taken. So I called back uh, Monday and said, Hey, uh, did anything open up basically? And I got put on hold for maybe five minutes and the person came back and said, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a room. So I went ahead and booked it. Um, which I already had a Bally's room booked, actually, so I had to go cancel that, which I think is now it's certainly the second time in a row that I've canceled Bally's after booking it, and it's probably the fifth or sixth time I've canceled a, a total rewards room. I don't know if there's, you know, I'm assuming it's not like your credit score where they're like ding you <laughs> constantly um, for for inquiries or whatever, but no, I don't think they really care as long as you cancel it before like forty eight hours out or whatever. Right, and at the end of the day, you know, if I'm going to spend a lot of time there anyway, they'd probably prefer that I don't stay. <laughs> uh, so the so for one thing, resorts, as you said, uh, their hold situation is annoying. And so if you yes. call and you end up on hold for five or ten minutes, you've got to sort of listen to constant advertisements that are at really low volume. And then the advertisements get interrupted just like every 15 seconds with an apology for for you being on hold. And I don't know if you had this, but I would have the apology come in and be totally cut off. And it would be just like, please, like, continue holding. Like, But it was clearly the end of some statement. Like yeah, it would be cut like mid word even, 
And so that was and like all the ads were cut mid ad. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. Yeah, it was clearly like two tracks overlaid that were not aligned at all or something. Just randomly cutting in and out of both of them. Yeah. So that was weird. Um but finally did get my reservation. You had already called and they had told you that you could get Friday and Saturday, right? Or Thursday and Friday. Right. So so I I called uh on Monday to see if I could get Saturday as well. And they said no, but I could get Friday. And this was, but Craig had said he could not get Friday at that point. So I'm like, all right, let me think about it. I'll call you back. And I told Craig that Friday was available for me and maybe he should call back. And he did. And that's when he got Friday. But I didn't call them back until this morning, Tuesday morning to try to book it. And the woman was basically like, I don't see you getting any rooms comped at all ever. Like not just that Friday, but like, right. And I was like, uh, okay. So anyway, I hung up with her and I called back like four or five hours later and the next woman that came on is like, yeah, all right, we can give you Friday. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, that's a system error that shouldn't really happen. Uh, you know, I'm guessing it's just a human error, but so you did get Friday. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was very concerned and, and dejected because I was excited about staying in resorts and it seemed like we were going to do, we were going to end up doing valleys just to get, you know, four of us into the same hotel. And I was going to like, I had my heart set on resorts. Um, so then, you know, it ended up working out and that's fine. Uh, so we are booked for resorts. Resorts does not automatically send you an email confirmation. Important to note, if you're going to book, uh, they just give you a code. If you want an email confirmation, you should request it. So I did request it. You didn't. Um, correct. So I've gotten nothing. So you've got your code, but I've also got my code in email. So you went on and tried your code in the reservation lookup, like on resortsac.com. You can look up your existing reservation, and it said, you know, no reservations found for this number. So we kind of had a no shit moment, and then I was like, well, I've got an email confirmation, so I'm pretty confident mine's booked, and I went and put mine in, and it said the same thing. So, you know, hopefully we don't end up there, and they say we don't have any (laughs) reservations for you, but... Uh, I expect it's just that the system sucks because it also the website also says you can enter your offer code and it'll give you your offers. And actually, when you're on hold with them, it tells you you can now book your offers online. Go to our website and punch in your offer code. Uh, so I I tried that before I even called them. And it was like, you have no comps available. Like it, it said, like, you're not I don't think it said you're not eligible, but it just said, you know, no availability. Um, yeah, I tried to just get random like Mondays and Tuesdays with my my offer codes, which are good seven days a week, and I could not. So I think their system is just broken. And not only that, like I click on links and like, well, I clicked on one link and it gave me a PHP error and it had the full path of the file and the line that it was breaking, which is like a huge security no-no to ever do that because it gives attackers lots of information about your system. <laughs> their website is just generally set up very, very poorly and just in my opinion as an IT professional like I it seems like it's run by people who it just seems like their IT is not in the greatest place right now yeah and we've certainly complained about you know totalrewards.com but this is oh yeah kind this, of on this makes PR look quick state of the art <laughs> yeah i mean Really, I actually have no complaints about total rewards now that I can see all my comps. Yeah, now that the comps are back. Yeah, uh, in the rate calendar, so it's right. fine with me. And well, let's talk about timing. So you're planning to get there Thursday. Yeah, late. I'll probably get in Thursday to like 9 p.m. I would guess 
maybe a little bit before that. So I'm I'm going to trop. I'm going to check in. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do Thursday night. I may have a thirty dollar match plate resorts in theory if I want to walk up there and use it. I may do that after I check in. I may not. Uh, I want to try to at least get a decent bit of play in on Thursday at trop because I don't know if I'm going to be really a trop at all on Friday or not. I mean, and I don't want to not play at all there and get black listed basically <laughs> yeah no more comps for you right uh and then so then i'm gonna get there probably around noon um i expect our other friends are gonna get there around the same time on friday so you will have you know however many hours uh basically all of thursday night and, and friday morning uh by your lonesome mm-hmm doing whatever it is that you want to do and then we'll I think sh- I'm going to probably go to Borgata on Friday morning. Oh, nice. Good call. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll show up around noon on Friday. We will be checking in to resorts. So we'll obviously need you to check into one of the rooms. I'll check in. Um, and then the plan is that we'll be there all day Friday, obviously not necessarily resorts, but probably spend all day Friday on the boardwalk. And then Saturday, uh, everyone's leaving. So we couldn't get a Saturday night out of this thing, unfortunately. Um, I know you're planning to leave midday. Is that yeah? Do we do we know when uh, our friends are leaving? No, we don't have we don't have exit right. times for them. So, and you're going to be leaving at night, right? Yeah, I'm planning to leave sometime after dinner. Whether that's late after dinner or not kind of depends on how things are going. Um, you know, I kind of had 9 p.m. in my head, but, you know, if I'm tired and done, <laughs> I'm not going to just hang around because I have that in my head. In the interim, so that basically gives us one full night where everybody's there. And in that full night, we have discussed potentially doing a meetup for anyone who wants to meet with us, talk, talk about Atlantic City, get a few beers, uh, go try to take over a craps table or a blackjack table or uh, potentially a Royal Derby machine, if that's where we end up. Um, so we kind of were floating back and forth on how do we do this? Do we set a time and pick a place? I think last episode we said Mountain Bar sometime around 6 or 7 p.m. on Friday. Obviously for a lot of people, you know, 6 p.m. on Friday is probably not really feasible because if you're leaving after work on Friday, you're not getting there at 6 p.m. You were kind of suggesting that we just sort of tweet where we're going to be and, and people can find us. Are you set in your in your mindset of wh- what you want to do and how you want to do this, or are you open to uh, suggestion? I don't, I don't really care about how we're going to meet people. Uh, I think no matter what we do, we would definitely like to meet people. We'll be sort of proactive on Twitter and on the Facebook page, letting people know where we are, or at the very least on Twitter. Um, and... Hopefully, you know, if you're in town, we will end up at the same place as you. And and I think we will probably end up at a bar somewhere. I'm not sure if it's going to be Mountain Bar. I'm not sure if it's going to be at 6 p.m., but, I mean, we'll be drinking at some point on Friday night at a bar, right, Craig? On the boardwalk. Yes. And so my thinking now is maybe what we should do is just, you know, tomorrow sometime during the day, like around when we post this episode – post something on Twitter and Facebook just saying, you know, we're thinking Mountain Bar at 6 or 7 or whatever bar. Um, and 
or, you know, whatever it is. If it's bar one at resorts, just set a bar and say, we're thinking this time, six or seven, set an exact time. Don't be general. Don't be vague about it. And say, if you're interested, let us know. Basically, you know, reply to us on, on the Facebook group or tweet at us. And then if nobody says anything, <laughs> then we can just say, okay, then now we're not set on any time and we'll just, you know, just follow us on Twitter and, and come find us. But if people say yes, then we'll know that, that we can sort of make sure we make our way there at that time. And it kind of, I think, clears things up for other people and also makes it a little easier on us. So look for it. Look for it on the Twitter and the Facebook. That's what I say. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll plan to post something on Wednesday and then maybe again, I don't know, like Thursday night or Friday. And then if we hear from people, then we'll make sure we're in place. If we don't hear from anybody, then we'll, you know, just tweet and, and follow along and you can follow along with that and you can find us at the craps table or find us at whatever bar we end up at. Does that sound acceptable? Yes. Okay. We are so decisive. Uh, anything else? Restaurant plans, gambling plans. I know one thing I just wanted to mention real quick is that Daryl McEwen, who I've already mentioned once this episode, uh, actually reached out to say that resorts has Royal Derby. So I know, you know, I was very excited about Royal Derby at Tropicana Resorts also has it, which is exciting since I'm staying at resorts, so I definitely plan to play some Royal Derby. Beyond that, you know, I've got nothing planned. Uh, it's going to be flying by the seat of my pants. I don't know if you've got anything set that you want to do or anything like that. No, I don't I don't have any specific plans. So basically we're going to end up at the uh, restaurants in the playground again. <laughs> Uh, because that's the inertia. No, hopefully, you know, we, we break out from that. We certainly seem to do the sushi place at uh, at the playground and, and maybe one of the other restaurants at the playground. Hopefully we go a different direction than that this time. But, you know, when it's late and you've just played... <laughs> you've just gotten a hand pay? Hand pay or just played a poker tournament and you're just like, I need food. Um, it's easy to go to the fallbacks, but, you know, hopefully we'll do something different than that, but... Follow us on Twitter and, and you'll see where we're at. Although maybe not, you know. I, I doubt we'll be posting our dinner plans <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll come back and talk about all that in the next episode when we do the trip report. Yep. Uh, so I think we can go ahead and wrap this thing up. I just want to thank everyone who has been listening. Thanks to everyone who's in the Facebook group. Uh, we're up over 40 members. The activity this week has just been awesome. Uh, you know, Ed, like I said, has posted some... Uh, some pictures of Revel. There's been some good conversation about some new stuff. There's been a lot of posts from a few people about upcoming events. So join our Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash do for a win. You can find our website with all the show notes, all the links to everything we've mentioned, all our previous episodes, because I know you want to go back and listen to the whole back catalog at do for a win.com. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher radio. Uh, if you search Atlantic city or do for a win, we have now applied for Google Play. I fixed the feed for whatever tags they needed, uh, but it's under review. So it's not there yet. should be coming soon. I'll tweet it out when it's up there. Uh, you will find that tweet at do for a win if you search do for a win on Twitter, all one word. And if you have any questions, you can send them to do for a win at gmail.com or post them in the comments on the website. So we hope to see you whoever's in town in Atlantic city this weekend, we hope to see you out and about. We'll definitely be tweeting where we're at. Uh, you know, I'll probably be tweeting where I'm at even after Kyle's halfway down 
I-95 on the way back to Maryland, so, you know. And I plan on actually tweeting out where I'm at before Craig gets there. Well, he's still chilling in uh, Jersey City. Yeah, so so meet us. Come see us. So, uh, And if you have any questions about that, you can ask in the Facebook group. You can email, and we'll be happy to answer. So we'll, the current plan, I think, is to come back early next week with a trip report. I'd say quick episode, but, you know, look what happened this time. Yeah, I don't know if we need to do it early next week. We can probably just do it on Friday, Saturday again. Actually, I do have plans Saturday, but I could probably do it Friday. Well, I, I actually graduate from my MBA program on Friday, so oh. a big part of this trip is that uh, it's sort of my celebration for being done with my five-year So are, are you MBA done program. now, or do you have, like, a one last presentation or something? Nope, I am done. No more classes. It's just uh, go put on a silly cap and gown and, and stand, stand there and... Uh, and that's it. So I'm done. I'm excited. I'm ready to go to Atlantic City and celebrate. Yeah, let's do it. We'll have to have some beers. Yeah. And we hope and to lose have some money. Yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> so we hope to have some beers and, and lose some money or, or win some money if things go better with with some of you all. So as Craig said, hopefully we will see some of you guys in a couple of days. And uh, for those we don't see, we'll be putting out a new episode in a couple of weeks. So talk to you all then. I mean, I can call tomorrow and just say, like, hey, can I get two queens? And they'll be like, no. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We don't even have a reservation for you, sir. We weren't going to cancel your reservation. You weren't going to be that unprofitable for us. But since you're taking yet more of our time, <laughs> right? you're unpro- You're just become unprofitable. Yeah. They're going to be like, we actually gave your room to someone named Kyle Askin. Yeah. <laughs> you should just be like, that asshole is not even going to be staying in that room. Give it back to me right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll rat you out. Like there are two people who like they're barely even freaking gold status at total rewards. <laughs> they're actually lower than gold status. <laughs> They'd revoke their cards if they could. When they give their cards to the pit boss, he just puts them through the shredder. <laughs> <laughs>